Good morning. My name is Roland Martin. I am a drug and alcohol counselor with Empete Luto Tipi. Empete Luto Tipi is a substance abuse program. We have offices in Martin, Pine Ridge, Kyle, White Clay, and Sweat. We provide drug and alcohol assessments, DUI, DWI education classes, outpatient groups, aftercare, recovery support groups, medication, assisted treatment, and parenting classes. I will provide more information on our services later in this broadcast. In my previous broadcast, I, I spoke a lot about the problem of addiction. For example, alcohol, opioids, amphetamines, or any other substance. For the most part, having its roots based in trauma. The World Health Organization defined the methamphetamine problem as a trauma problem. I am okay with saying we don't have an alcohol problem, we don't have an opioid problem, we don't have a methamphetamine problem. What we have is a trauma problem. There is plenty of research connecting the trauma problem with the effort to make things better through the use of alcohol and drugs. In my previous broadcasts, I spent a lot of time defining the trauma because we should have a good understanding of what it is that we are dealing with. All too often people look at the addiction problem and the behaviors of addiction within people, families, and communities and they blame the problems they see on alcohol or drugs. When we look at the studies and research, we understand that the problem is not in the substance itself. The problems exist within the minds of the individuals who have addiction problems. And, as I've just said earlier, the problem is emotional pain. I would not say emotional pain is the 100% problem, but I would say it is a very large part of the problem with addiction. With this understanding, I think it's important to address the addiction problem at its roots and not at the effect. We should go to the causation level of addiction, which resides within the minds of the ones with the addiction behaviors. It is within the mind of the individual where trauma has its origins. From there, the trauma effect goes into the body where the body itself will keep records and hold the pain of the trauma. And from there, a whole host of other medical conditions and mental health issues will arise, of which all of it should be addressed through medical and behavioral health services. As a drug and alcohol counselor, I work with the, uh, the addiction itself. The first thing I, it, that is needed is I'll help clients find their own motivation for change. That's very important. The person who is with addiction behaviors, they have to have their own motivation for change or nothing will happen. A lot of my clients, probably about 80% of them, come here through the court services. They may have resentment for being here, but that's a challenge. So the biggest thing I can do, first of all, is help them find their own motivation. When that happens, okay, now we're on our way. The client's motivation for change is the largest indicator whether or not a client will have success in remaining sober and on a recovery path. The greatest thing I can do here in treatment is help a client find his own recovery path into healing. And as we discussed earlier, healing itself has everything to do with that emotional pain that is understood to be the largest driver of addiction behaviors. So my approach to addiction work includes a lot of work 
on the process of healing. It's very important for clients to get an education in healing itself, for they could, themselves can start to understand their own path for recovery. Every client's path into recovery is very personal and unique to them. Although their healing path is very unique to them, there are some basic understandings of healing that I think is universal. And when I say universal, it's something that is found throughout the world, throughout time, through Aboriginal people with a natural world view. These healing concepts are also reflected in Eastern and Far East understanding. As in previous broadcasts, I've talked about trauma existing within the mind and the, the effect, the trauma effect also extends itself into the body and behaviors and sicknesses and everything else. Uh, it affects the relationships, family, communities. Trauma has some basic themes, which could be a threat to life, where there's a, a tremendous amount of fear involved. Trauma could be the uh, concepts of the I am beliefs within. It's a core belief. These are the, the beliefs carried within that are, for the most part, unconscious. That basically say it's an internal messaging system within the individual that typically results with beliefs such as I don't count. I am not enough, I am not loved, I am not important, I am guilty, I am shameful. These unconscious beliefs result in a very difficult uh, emotional state of pain. And as we understand, hurt people hurt people. Wounding seeks to wound, so it spreads. We are very familiar with people who have outbursts of anger, irritability, uh, ready to argue, family drama, fights, violence, and many other behaviors that are experienced, felt within relationships, families, and communities. All of this is the expression of the hurt and pain felt within, and often winds up with an attempt to make things better through the use of alcohol and drugs, or any other behavior that can deflect the pain felt within. And as I stated earlier, the use of these alcohol and drugs and other behaviors exasperates the problems and spin off into other problems experienced in family, community, and our justice system. So again, as I stated, we are dealing with a trauma problem which results in a tremendous need for healing. And when I talk about healing, it's not just the individual with the addiction behaviors, it is the family itself because addiction is a family problem. My experience in counseling is it's very difficult for the family to be involved in the healing process because the healing process itself entails looking at our pain, sitting with it, addressing it, processing it, talking about it, and that's not easy to do. A person or a family has to have a motivation to do so, otherwise the healing process within the family will not begin. In my previous broadcast I briefly talked about the healing process itself. What is happening at that moment when we are in our pain? What are the spiritual aspects of the healing process while we look at our pain? I mentioned the spiritual aspects because that's where the causation level of things happen. The mind itself is not the brain. The mind is uh, in the spiritual realm. So it is in the spiritual realm where the healing occurs. We should be aware that our natural state of being is spirit. We are spirit believing that we are human. We are spirit having a human experience. I can say this based upon our cultural understanding of spirit. In my previous broadcast, I propose concepts of the healing process in consideration of the spiritual realm. These uh, 
previous broadcasts can be found on Spotify. On Spotify, look under Native Addiction Healing, and there you'll find all the previous episodes that I have broadcasted on KILI. So today, what I want to do is take a look at one aspect of the healing process that is found in the book, Black Elk Speaks. And here is the quote, open quote, the first piece which is the most important is that which comes within the souls of people when they realize their relationship, their oneness with the universe and all its powers. End quote. In this quote, Black Elk refers to the first peace within the souls of people. This peace has nothing to do with anything external of the mind. And again, the mind itself is within the spiritual realm, within the soul. The way this peace is referred to is a realization of the peace which has always been there. It is the natural state of spirit. The peace is not something to be acquired or attained or developed. It's always there. The peace itself is accepted. It is something to be awakened to the presence of which has always been there. So in other words, the natural state of our spirit is love is complete, is wholeness, is oneness, is peace. When I work with a client on any particular issue that they are walking with for many years and bring to the group session or the or the one-on-one um, -on -one, after a client has processed these issues, it's very common for a client to have tears during the process of healing and tears at the end. And clients themselves will basically state that these tears I'm having are tears of happiness. These are basically tears of peace. These tears of peace are basically an effect, a result of having released something that they have been carrying for so long. When they carry a certain amount of grief, resentment, uh, guilt, shame, uh, beliefs that they are unimportant, not loved, not enough. When these things are released, let go, the what they're left with is the natural state of truth, which is the peace that's always been there. Through a healing process, the perception of a client's view on themselves and the world is more in line with truth. And the truth of spirit exists within peace. This is so because the truth of spirit exists within all-encompassing love. All-encompassing love exists within the oneness of things. If there is a oneness of everything, the oneness itself exists within a state of love. If we experience anything other than peace and as the, the feeling of love and acceptance, if we experience anything on the outside of that, it is based in a belief system that is faulty. It is an incorrect perception of oneself and the world therein. And I've talked quite a bit about that in previous broadcasts. When an individual experiences the peace within it's validated within them, the truth, they know it, they recognize it. It is one step in the healing process of letting go of the things that are misperception about themselves and the world they're in. The misperception itself typically entails emotional pain, grief, guilt, and shame, and other difficult things to look at within one's self. As I have stated in another brief broadcast, what I'm proposing here are just concepts, views, how to look at things, how to look at a healing process, 
a, a way of recovery. I am proposing one way to look at the healing process. When I think about the first peace within people, there are certain things that come to mind. The first piece is something I really try to help clients understand that we must nurture. We must find ways to slow down, relax, become still as possible. These are looked upon as mindfulness practices. They can also be called meditative practices. It is any kind of practice that can allow an individual to be still as possible, have the mind rest. And at first, this is not easy whatsoever because the traumatized mind is typically very active. There's always something in that mind that just keeps popping in. And it's very hard to stay focused on anything. This is reflected in our children in elementary school. They can't sit still. There's always something coming in their mind. It's hard for them to pay attention. It's because it's sometimes given a diagnosis of attention deficit disorder when actually it is a trauma response. In a child, the trauma response is to avoid what's felt within. Do not feel what's within. It's too painful. So one way to survive is to check out. Have the mind constantly move. It never slows down enough to feel what's inside. Dr. Gabar Mate talks about this very aspect. He has a very good book. It's called Scattered Minds. A very large portion of the young in the elementary schools on the reservation are experiencing a trauma effect. So as I was saying a while ago, it's very difficult for clients to, in the beginning to learn how to slow the mind down. Through practice, daily practice of a, a minimum of 20 minutes, through a, a mindfulness practice, a meditative state, the client is able to slowly start to bring their mind to a rest, to a, a relaxation and the ability to meditate, to uh, place himself in a still stillness of the mind becomes more accessible. There are many different ways to do this. Each client will find what works for them. The uh, experience of having your mind come to a standstill as much as possible is itself a spiritual event. It's when we can get away from the, the thoughts of uh, what happened last night, um, what you did this morning, what you're doing in the future. All of these things typically have uh, things that are not peaceful, uh, that can be distressful. It's in that stillness that we start to access what is true. I kind of see it as not speaking towards God, to Gashla, Creator. I see it more as receiving, listening. And in the, the listening process, it's about uh, nothing, no words. It's not like uh, to is going to say, here, hey, listen up here, i got something to tell you. It's not like that. It's the, the language is more of a, a quiet reassurance, a quiet peace, a quiet calm. It is the experience of peace that validates within a client that there's something here, there's some truth here. When I think of the first peace as spoken by Black Elk, the peace itself does nothing. It is still. It is the strength within the stillness that the calm, that the uh, reassurance that everything is okay comes. It is in that stillness of the first piece that clarity comes to people, that they are able to look at once what, what was once a big problem is now a minor problem because the, the perception of a problem comes more in line with truth. And the truth is that the problem itself does not exist on the outside. The problem exists totally within the mind because 
a problem itself arises through how we look at stuff. We are not upset about facts, we are upset about our interpretation of a fact. So within the stillness and quiet, we can receive truth, we can receive what is correct. And in doing so, we can take another look at what was once a, a difficult thing, a problem, uh, whatever it might be, and it is seen differently. There is a reduction in the discomfort of looking at something that was once difficult before, because how we look at things have shifted. It's like a fog is lifted. In the stillness, we are able to receive what is true. Sometimes it's necessary for us to enter into what is difficult, what is hard, what is painful, because these things that are difficult are often covering up and not allowing us to be still. They keep us moving. So with this distraction of uh, pain, emotional pain, the mind wants answers. It keeps seeking answers that it will never find because there are no answers on the outside. The, the issue itself, the pain itself, is within the mind. That is where the causation level is, and is that, that is where the healing occurs. If we think that the, uh, the problems are on the outside of the mind, now we're looking for answers on the outside, of which it's likely we'll never find. When we begin to understand the origins of pain itself is within the mind, we understand that this is where we go to heal. And when the healing occurs within the mind, there is uh, less need for the mind to be very active and moving and deflecting. It starts to calm down and relax and become more at peace. So today I want to take a look at the, uh, the concept found within uh, Black Elk Speak. It's the concept of the first peace. There's more to talk about on this and I will talk about this more in later broadcast. Right now I want to talk a little about our program. For services for such as um, alcohol and drug assessments, DUI, DWI education classes, outpatient groups, aftercare, recovery support groups, medication assisted treatment, and parenting classes. For more information on these classes, contact the office close to you. The Martin office phone number is 605-685-6400. The Pine Ridge office is 605-867-5595. The Kyle office is 605-455-2331. And the Wombly office is 605-462-6480. And my office in Sweat, where we provide level 2.1 intensive outpatient treatment, is 605-685-685. 8-2. If you would like to call my office and give me some feedback, that would be appreciated on what I'm uh, presenting here on these broadcasts. Again, my name is Roland Martin. I'm a drug and alcohol counselor with Empathy Thank you for listening.